6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad. Just around the corner, my friends. We're almost there. 780-496-0063. Thanks for joining me this afternoon. The show brought to you by Legacy Heating and Cooling. Whether it's heating or cooling you need, get it with no payments, no interest for a year. That's how you build a Legacy, Legacy Heating and Cooling. So throughout the show, we've been asking, or I've been asking you, if you name objects. I don't know, maybe you have a, a name for a plant. I have one at home the plant's name and it's a her for some reason is called fuzzy louise my very first car that i ever owned was named maggie and my motorcycle is just simply called baby she's my baby right and i'm not alone with this um a lot of texts coming in this afternoon rick says depending on the time of day my truck is either baby or a piece of you know what depending on the mood she's in um This one says, at seven years of age, my family drove to Los Angeles from Saskatchewan in Beulah the Buick, pulling Teresa the trailer. So why do humans do this? What's going on? Let's find out because our next guest has been researching this. Dr. Shane Saunderson is a PhD candidate in robotics at the University of Toronto, as well as a research fellow with the Human Future Studio. Hey, Dr. Saunderson, welcome to 630 Chad. Hi, hi. How are you doing, Jalen? I'm good, Shane. So, do you name your vehicles? Does your does your car have a name? Uh, I'm I'm a bicycle guy, but yes, all of my bikes have always had names. I'm always a big guitar player too, and every single guitar has a name. You know, this is this is something that everybody does. So. You know, well, it's been interesting because I've been I've been asking my guests today, and a couple of my guests say they have not ever done it, but a majority have said yes. So, when through your research. What have you figured out? Why do we do this? Yeah, so the concept we're talking about is anthropomorphism. And I won't go too deep into that, but I studied in the context of robots. But just sort of for fun, we we wanted to look at, well, why do people do this generally with anything in their lives? You know, like you said, everything from cars to pillows to God knows what. Um, and, and to be honest, there's we found that there's just a multitude of reasons. Um, sometimes people do it for... Uh, aspects of the object itself that invoke certain thoughts or memories. So, you know, you have a car that's beat up and old, and so you give it a name that's kind of, you know, indicative of that. Um, sometimes, though, it's it's more interesting than that. We, we will actually name things to almost make them like a, a social member of our circle because we, we want that connection. You know, we human beings are so hardwired for social connection that sometimes we'll, we'll create it artificially with some random possession around our house when we're maybe feeling a little bit lonely or just bored. <laughs> So where does that start? Is is that something that starts in childhood? Yeah, yeah, and actually it's it's a pretty critical part of childhood. Um, you see, when we're really young, in fact, um, and I'm not an, an expert necessarily in developmental psychology, so I'm treading on thin water or thin ice here, but um, a lot of how our mind develops is by 
starting to see sort of individual agents or individual things or people in everything around us. So it's why we often name our stuffed animals or our favorite blanket or things like that. <laughs> um, and these objects actually become really important in our social lives. They're what we learn to talk to. They're what we learn to develop, you know, relationships or attachments to um, as things outside of just, you know, our parents or our siblings before we really start to get out into the world. You know, it's funny you said that because as soon as you, you you talked about like teddy bears, I've I had a teddy bear. I still have it. I you know I I was given it by my parents when I was about seven years old. Its name was just Teddy, but that's what it was. But it drove my brother yeah. nuts so much so he threw it out onto the road and ran over it with my my, my mom's big oh, no. car. Did you keep it? I, oh, I still have it. But then he then he then he put it. He took a like a knife and and stabbed it as well. My brother might might have some issues. No, he doesn't. But but he did, and I can remember being absolutely devastated. I get the fact that it's a you know it was just a teddy bear, but this thing was so important to me over the years to the point where I, I still slept with my first marriage. <laughs> I've given you a lot of information about my family just there, Shane, but it was <laughs> to the point where it was like, no, okay, you know, I've got to put this away. But it was such a connection. Well, and that's exactly it, because you see these items that we decide to give names to, part of the reason that we give a name to them is to build that relationship. Um, we want to acknowledge that it's more than just a thing in our lives, that it's actually something that we have a social connection to. And so, yeah, we give it a name because we're it's, you know, kind of like part of our social circle or part of our family. So obviously, you know, your brother may felt jealous because <laughs> you were spending too much time with Teddy and not enough with him. Who knows? Yeah, and it might and have been. the reason I did a PhD. Yeah, and it might have been because my brother and I were only a year apart. So I, I find this this fascinating. So you know, you're looking at it from the ro- you know a robotics perspective as well. And and here's another thing: this is not just some, you know, fly in the sky thing. Okay, some loosey goosey thing. Uh, businesses are realizing this. Uh, companies are realizing this and starting to capitalize on this with with designs of things and and what. Tell us about that. Yeah, well, I mean, if, you know, you've ever looked at the front of a car and say, oh, it looks like it's smiling, that wasn't by accident. You know, that's very intentional because they're trying to create this social connection between you and the car. Um, this blind gets especially blurred when we start talking about my world with things like artificial intelligence and robotics when, you know, these are things that are actually starting to be social and interactive with us. Um, it really changes the game. Because we can often be tricked into thinking for just a moment that, yeah, this is a person just like you or me. And when we're chatting with it, we, we often lose sight of the fact that, no, this is just a piece of technology that, you know, is owned or operated by some large technology company. And very often it's trying to do things like influence us to buy things or, or things like that. And so it's when we lose sight of that fact that some of the complications and tricky parts can happen. We, we kind of need to remember that as, as much fun as it is to give something a name, uh, sometimes we have to ask deeper questions about what that thing is trying to do in our lives. Well, I'm wondering that is, as we move, you talk about AI and robotics. I can remember watching a, a 60 Minutes piece not too long ago about this dancing robot. It was jumping up and down and going up the stair, all that sort of stuff. And I'm wondering as we move closer, and that becomes more and more and more and more a part of our world, if if this all, you know, obviously it's it's connected, but um, the companies will realize it even more. For us to humanize robot, like to humanize a robot, when I think for some people they might seem a little creepy. This is this is going to be a progress to get to that point and and make them more appealing. I think. Well, yes and no. I mean, you're definitely right when we talk about like an explicit robot in an office or a home, but. At the same time, you know, how many households have Alexa or Google Home in it? 
And while, you know, most of us see it for what it is, which is just a glorified voice-activated shopping system, um, you know, to a four-year-old, for example, it doesn't necessarily tell the difference between mommy, daddy, and Alexa. And so, uh, kind of fun anecdote, uh, a few years ago, a friend of mine bought one of the Echo systems, and I asked him how it was and if he enjoyed it, and he said, it's, it's okay, but we're having one problem with it, which was that his three-year-old at the time, Harriet, they were trying to teach her uh, pleases and thank yous. But the problem is Alexa didn't make Harriet say please or thank you. And so Alexa was sort of subversively teaching Harriet bad manners. And this is the problem with these social technologies is that ultimately they're built and designed by individuals like myself, you know, engineers, computer scientists with sort of no real background in a lot of the social and psychological aspects of this. And yet when we interact with them in an everyday sense, you know, you and I, the people that are at home playing with these things, we are kind of looking at them like they're a social member of the household. And so there's some challenges there because we're not always getting it right. Well, you know what, Shane, I, I, I you know, we got, we have an Alexa at our, at our place and I'm just thinking to myself, I didn't think of it in that way until you put, until you put it that way. I just thought it was just a speaker that I would yell at to play, you know, Chris Stapleton or something like that. Didn't think about it that way. What, what in the work that you do, what do you see, what is next in the robotic world? Like, it's probably mind blowing for most of us. <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, yes and no. I mean, the technology is progressing at sort of a steady pace. Um, you know, I've been working in robotics for about 20 years, and if I'm being honest, when people ask, like, what have I seen over the course of my career, the biggest thing is the technology has progressed, but not that much. Um, I think what's more interesting in that time is how much we as a society have changed to welcome this technology into our lives and to be more comfortable with it. And so for me, I think the next 10 years of robotics is going to be interesting because you know, robots are starting to come out of the factories and they're into these social environments now. So we have robots as translators in banks. We have yeah. robots as tour guides in museums. Um, I've even seen in Japan, they had robots that uh, essentially perform funeral rites for people. <laughs> um, and, and so we're starting to get to a point now where the technologies that we build and influence in our, in our design of them are starting to come back and influence us because they're starting to be a part of the social fabric of how we exist. Fascinating stuff. Uh, Shane Saunderson joining us this afternoon. You want to see uh, more of, of Shane's work? Check out his website at shanesaunderson.com. Pretty fun website as well. Shane, really appreciate you making time for us this afternoon. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Have yeah. a great weekend. Yeah, you too. Dr. Shane Saunderson talking about, uh, he wrote an article just recently, why we give objects human characteristics, right? Or why we give them names, for instance,